All right, we're back, and uh, this week we are decimate the week as I'm joined, uh, returning guest, ex-co-host. Weird for me to be, uh, you know, running the show with you, uh, Pete Shu. How are you doing tonight, Pete? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Uh, how you doing? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Getting through it. Um, navigated <laughs> the wilds of GCW last weekend, and uh, just couldn't help but uh, but uh, get on here and talk about it. No, really. Um, Quentin, uh, Quentin had just life, life stuff. I got big. You know, we got the big pay per view coming up. Special episode next week with a secret special guest. Uh, that uh, I felt like can't take a week off building up into this, you know, gotta, gotta, gotta get in here. Plus I, I didn't want to let it go. I talked about it uh, on the last week episode with Quentin that people had remarked about my, uh, my embedding myself into the world of GCW and uh, reporting on what the crowd was like and, the, and appreciating it. So I, I wanted to give it to people again here. Uh, my, uh, my GCW stories. I don't know if you, uh, if you heard or, or, or anything, but last time I went, I, I came to the realization that the fans were like, insanely online insanely like reactionary anti-sjw like counterculture in a really fucking weird way even here in los angeles which i found very interesting that is interesting um and i mean they're mostly i'm assuming pretty hardcore fans am i correct yeah but it's it's so weird because they're like they're hardcore fans but they are like we're not like those pussies who read the observer you know what I gotcha, mean? Like that's their gotcha. okay. that's their feeling. So they're like, like we they're, they're almost like posers in a way. I mean, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 that's odd. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like you know, people who give a shit about work rate, people who know anything about the history of wrestling, people who you know, like actually like are respectful, are all a bunch of fucking pussies. But they're just as hardcore, just as spending just as much money on merch, like watching just as much wrestling, spending just as much time online, but just being like, we fucking hate those people who are into that. And that that was the thing that I took away. I saw one guy, and this is a funny story, because I saw the guy, and I remarked on the podcast that I heard him talking about, you know, let's get a group picture, and he asked someone to take a group picture of them in line, and he's like, yeah, say fuck keyboard warriors or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you're a keyboard warrior. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. That's the guy that threw something at Joey Janela and started all the shit at the end of the fucking show. Oh, wow. Like, wow. That's yeah. nuts. Oh, <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Christ. It's like the same guy that I happened to tell the story about. He ended up being the guy. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's a very, uh, very interesting crowd of people. So I will say I showed like, up late. It almost sounds like, I don't even know how to even, it almost feels like they're ECW fans. And and WWE fans were almost well. They feel like they're above re- other fans. If that makes any sense, it's like yeah. a lot of the WWE fans turn their nose down at people who watch indie wrestling or uh, or even AEW. I mean, we've seen it online. It's just disgusting. Uh, uh, and and this is just and it's, it seems like these guys want to be rowdy uh, like an ECW fan was back in the day. So this is this is really interesting. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. I think it's it's funny because you would think, okay, well, there was a WWE CW, right? But it's not yeah. like that. It's like it's WWE fans who want to play ECW nostalgia, basically. Yeah. Like, basically, exactly what you're saying there. Like, they 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 want to be hardcore. They want to be, you know, the tough guys. They wanna they wanna like bolster all this stuff and look down on the rest of the wrestling world. But they're, yeah, they're not invested in, in wrestling other than just, like, this company. It's funny because people used to say PWG was, like, a new ECW, and it was nothing like it, really. No, nothing even uh, remotely like that at all. I mean, it, uh, yeah. other than maybe some of the dives into the crowd, but that wasn't about the fans. That's more about, about spots. Um, yeah, I never, ever got that. Maybe you might, the only thing remotely was that ECW was really inside fans. And P- PWG was clearly, you know, uh, in, they're definitely observer readers. Uh, and, uh, yeah. But about, and, and that style, it, it's definitely derivative, or not derivative, but derives from almost like Dave Meltzer uh, speak. Because a lot of these wrestlers, man, I mean, they grew up on Meltzer. And uh, and his taste in wrestling is what became prevalent. I, I mean, people, I mean, I'm not, you know, what what will, it is what it is, but... Dave, well, I mean, I hate to say it, he was the tastemaker, and uh, he's had uh, just as big of a, uh, a a fingerprint on on current wrestling as anybody on, especially on the style 
that has just become prevalent with uh, from the indies to to AEW and stuff. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, the guy clearly like has more influence on the style. And it's that the, what is it the cart leading the horse situation where all yeah. of the matches get so many horror stars and people yeah. talk about it saying like, oh, it's you know, it's it's because they're all wrestling for him. Like, yes. and they don't even some of them don't even know it. Some yeah, of them no, don't even totally realize. Wrestling for him. They're not wrestling for the audience. They're wrestling to get a, a star rating from Dave Meltzer. And I mean, yeah. I, I've, I, I, mean, I remember I, I used to just hate when Kevin Kelly would call, this is a, a observer match of the year contender and shit. I'm yeah. fucking despised hearing that shit because it shouldn't be fun. It's one thing if you win an award like wrestler of the year, but oh, this is a observer wrestler uh, match of the year candidate. It just it sounds... I mean, it works at a low level for like when Ring of Honor first started, or uh, and even to to an extent, I can hear it, understand it, hearing it on a PWG, but on one of the three biggest promotions, four biggest promotions in the in the in the world, uh, I should never have to hear uh, yeah. Match of the Year contender uh, number three on Match of the Year contender uh, list of the Observer Awards. It should never be ever ever uttered in commentary. I mean, well, you got the the owner. Booker promoter, I guess not the owner technically of the second biggest company in America, and he's bragging about winning the you know best Booker best promoter yeah. awards, you know. Exactly. So yeah, I mean it's it's nuts, and you know maybe that's not on TV, so it's a little bit more fine, but it is out there pretty publicly. So it no, is exactly it is. no, it's yeah, I know. I mean, so people don't think Dave's had an influence on the uh, on yeah the of uh, wrestling styles. Um, he's definitely he's always been a. Uh, I've, I've listened to. I don't know. Did you listen to his interview with Brian Danielson? I did, I did. Okay, I found it very interesting that he said his favorite style was uh, the technical Zack Sabre Jr. style, which I would never would have ever. Uh, I thought right. I always thought his was big high spot, bump heavy, because that's what it seems like he really gets behind. Uh, but hey, if that's what he says, I'm not going to call him full of shit. I, I just, uh, <laughs> I take that with a grain of salt on that uh, take. But I mean, obviously, he likes I... that style, but not, I mean, he, I, to me, it seems like he's always been more of a, high spot heavy type of guy uh and big bump type of guy he has and i think i will say it's bullshit i will call it out like i think that it's complete bullshit because he also (laughs) tries to do this like and he posted on the board right after that because someone was calling him out like why does why does zach not get higher marks why is there not a ton of great technical wrestlers who don't get higher marks why has timothy thatcher never had a five-star match according to dave Meltzer? why you know why brian danielson i think just barely had his first five-star match like these questions and he tries to say well i don't rate matches based on my taste right okay that's, that's fine and I, yeah okay you don't like it you don't appreciate it whatever but you're trying to say that you're an objective rater but he talks out of both sides of his mouth because he turns around and says like i don't rate highly or i don't like death matches i don't like violence all this stuff but then he does like rate, like you said, high spots, and he treats them like, oh, they're totally fine. He doesn't talk about how dangerous that stuff is for people's bodies. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He doesn't denigrate the high spots, big bumps, hard hitting stuff that's just as bad for you as weapons and blood. But he exactly. always talks about weapons and blood. I don't appreciate that stuff in wrestling. But it's like, dude, like you, you're really just like saying whatever to try to justify that you're like an accurate star writer who's being subjective. Like it's ridiculous. Just rate the matches based on what, what you think the quality is. Yeah. It's the technical wrestling thing is also a weird one to me because I've always heard that story about Vince too. I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard it a few different times, a few different places that like Vince McMahon really likes technical wrestling fit. Finley, uh, William Regal, those kind of guys were always like his kind of guys. Um, and he likes the way that they wrestle, but he I, just doesn't yeah, think that, that it hard does. To believe too. Yeah, I mean, to me, yeah. I was like big muscle up, little muscle guys and stuff. I don't, right. Uh, yeah, uh, but this way that they tell the story is that he likes that stuff personally, but he knows that it doesn't draw on TV, and that just feels like copping out. You know, that's yeah. just like him trying to cover up for his opinion to be like, oh no, no, I love that stuff. I think it's great, but you know, it just it won't it won't we won't make money off of it. It's not objectively and, well, and good. Maybe, and you know, know it's that's an issue to take is maybe. Because right when he had bought the company from his dad, Bob Backlund was the champion who was a technical wrestler, um, and he did draw. Uh, before, uh, so, yeah. uh, and maybe it's because Vince wanted to go in a different direction. That's fine, but to say t- drawing technical wrestlers can't draw is—I mean, it's bullshit. We've seen it. I mean, we've seen Bob Backlund, we've seen Jack Briscoe, we've seen uh, uh, Terry Funk when he was NWA champion was a technical worker. 
uh, the NWA champion drew for for years. Uh, so uh, I, I I mean I, yeah that's just that's just good. you know it's that's yeah. just trying to just justifying an opinion or a take because the bottom line you ever since you bought the company you've never really put anybody besides maybe Bret Hart in a position to draw money on top as a technical uh, wrestler and stuff. So. Yeah, and even that is is questionable to say in, in the least to say that he really even pushed Brett. You know, no, he was always and, trying to find a, a different person, but they always had to keep on going back to Brett because <laughs> he was reliable. That's what it boiled down to. Yeah. You saw, he yeah. tried to push Diesel, he tried to push Shawn Michaels, and that was a train wreck. We've seen, uh, I mean, it was just time and time again. We saw him, Luger. Yeah. you know, Luger, uh, Yokozuna. You know, he always went big. I went, went back to Hogan. You know, so I mean. It's 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 just that's just wild stuff and yeah and it's even more it's even more funny I was talking about high spots versus technical wrestling the one thing technical wrestling one thing well well it will never get out of style because it it's a style that can go you can, stuff you see from the 1970s is just as interesting as what you're seeing in 2022 on the mat and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure a lot of these technical guys will go and watch tapes and like, Oh, this is really cool and stuff like that. Um, Cause it'll never go out of style while, while big bumps, if you see it or a big high spot, if you see it once it loses its luster. It's almost like the, you know, it's like that, the big, uh, like the 4th of July parade, you know, once you see it once it kind of, you see it, it doesn't, it doesn't hold the, it doesn't look as cool the second time because it's not, a storytelling. I mean, there's a story in high spots and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it does. It loses it because you're more into the 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 big explosion as opposed to why you're doing the explosion. Yeah. Well, yeah. The technical wrestling, you can go back to the basics and continue to to develop and and do nuanced yeah. things, and they're so interesting. The high spots, you always have to push the envelope. Yes. You always have to do bigger and badder yeah. and crazier. You've seen yeah. it in the last. Yeah, every I mean, it's almost like where are they going to go? I mean, even now, like even when WWE started doing uh, the 205 Live, it was or or having a cruiserweight division now. It's almost like why? Because the the main events are doing these type of spots. Uh, that the I mean, back in the 90s, I can understand it because you had like Hogan on top in WCW, and so you had a Rey Mysterio uh, doing uh, spots underneath, and so it was direct differentiated. But what's the was the difference between like Masquerade, one of the one of the guys now who was on two hundred five live. Let's say even uh, uh, I can whatever. Uh, one I of mean two hundred five live. I think is basically gone now. But even it if you look gone. at guys, yeah, but yeah, but like Christian Blake or or yeah. Blake Christian got let go. You know what I mean? Or or, yeah. or uh, Buddy Matthews, Ali, all those guys. Yeah, and they would have them there, but they were doing the same spots that like AJ or Seth Rollins were doing on top too. You know, so it's almost like there's no difference now between a cruiserweight style and a main event style and a, and a lot of, and a lot of the elements that go. Yeah. And that's why, that's why it's better basically just doing an open weight championship. And I think yeah. AEW, as we talked, we'll talk about AEW a little bit um, later, like they, they don't have a weight limit. They don't have any weight thing. And it works for them because like, look at their main event scene. And you talk about a Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, uh, who was on that interview with Meltzer, like at his size, he doesn't stand out as small in their heavyweight division at all. And no. that's because he's believable in the ring. He can work, and and the rest of the wrestlers are about about that same size. And it doesn't exactly. make it's not a big deal about. It. Yeah, everything is is is, pers- is perspective. Uh, if you have two, you know, if you have a small guy versus a two fifty, then it's, then it, like you see see him work Lance Archer or something. Then you'll see a difference because he's bigger than the rest of the roster. But if everyone, it, it's like yeah, sometimes it's yeah, and so the people. It doesn't. Yeah, if you you can push small guys, it doesn't matter if everyone. If you're pushing it for more action, like W. I mean, NWA did it for years in the '80s. They were smaller than the WWF, and everyone. I mean, they have a couple big guys, but then most of the roster was all about the same type of spot, and that's why they had a more athletic uh, style, uh, or, or a, more of an athletic type of uh, of uh, work working of matches as opposed to the WWE. Uh, style or our Memphis style or what have you, you know? Yeah. And even, even the big guys, I think it's, it's easy to overlook and just say it on the surface level and just be like, well, the big guys don't have to be as big and they still come across as big or whatever. And that's true. But you, you mentioned like a Lance Archer, but comparatively, okay. So a Lance Archer is like the peak pinnacle top of the top fucking humongous guy 
in AEW, right? Yeah. And he can still work, and he can still go, even at his age, he can do moonsaults right. and shit. In WWE, to get a guy who stands out as a giant, you have to go all the way out of the you know out of the box and get someone the size of like almost, and he's so big and awkward that he can't do jack shit. Do nothing. So yeah. it's like, is it really worth it? Is it better off to have your roster where your giants can be like a Lance uh, Lance Archer and can actually still work, or is right. it that you have to get freak shows to actually ha- to have a giant? You know. Yeah, and and AEW doesn't do the job with yeah they have a guy guys uh, on the same height or whatever. Uh, but they, they present them differently, you know, like CM Punk's presented differently than Matt Jackson. You know, you're not seeing Punk do too many high spots. He's working more like a Bret Hart uh, type of style. I mean, obviously, like tonight, he's not going to be working like a Bret Hart style match. Um, <laughs> uh, but he, he's a guy, you know, he he's just a, he's a what might be six feet, uh, 215 yeah. pounds, maybe. I mean, I'm probably being kind on the 215, but I, I probably the same thing as Brian Danielson. So, I mean, it's all about, um, all about, uh, perception and, and yeah. how they, how they present the talent. Um, and I think AEW does a really good job with giving you the, I've, I'm like, uh, I'm always been a fan of the circus of shows where you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they do, uh, I'm, my big knock early on AEW's run. I'm sure you remember was, I didn't think they had enough technical wrestling. They had a, they had a, they had plenty of oohs and ahs and this and that, but now it seems like they're, they're rounding out that roster. We're having a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, technical wrestlers, and they're getting good good solid pushes too. Yeah, and and whatever does happen with uh, Brian Danielson's match tonight, uh, it seems that they are teasing something with him and having a faction of technical wrestlers and yes. more people kind of in that vein working underneath him, which will be a great thing for the company, especially. Uh, moving forward and we got the ROH stuff, but uh, again, <laughs> we'll get more into AEW here in a second. I will, uh, I'll go over this GCW a, a little bit here. So uh, I got there late, unfortunately, and I had bought the tickets specifically to see the Briscoes versus Jacob Fatu and Juicy Fanu. Um, and I did not get in the building until the match was over. Cause I did oh, not expect sucks, that match. That's the worst. I got, so this is what happened, right? The first time I went to a GCW show, the show started right on time and I got, I got, confused because i'm like oh you know shows never start on time i forget all their shit is streaming now so when they say show starts at eight they mean the show starts at eight i thought doors open at eight they meander around the show starts at like nine right so i get there late i missed the first match that night this one i'm thinking the same thing so all right i'll get there right at eight everybody will be in the building because they'll let you in early you get there right at eight and then i can just walk in i don't care about sitting up front because i'm tall enough to you can see i can see wherever i'm at in the building well, I get there at eight and there's still a line wrapped around the building and they're like, fuck it, let's just start the match. <laughs> so they didn't even care that the crowd wasn't in the building. They just started the show. Um, so, yeah, so that's a bummer. Went back and watched it. Briscoe's, you know, people talk a lot about the Young Bucks and I, I think I put something like this out, li- out online, but I think that for that wild style, basically Texas, Texas Tornado, but not officially Texas Tornado, yeah. spot fest tag match, the Briscoes are the best th- to ever do it. I think that they've created, they've perfected the 2000s indie spot fest tag team match. Like they can go in there with any any team, they can do wild matches, they can do any kind of match. It doesn't have to be just high spots. It can be high spots. It can be bloody brawls. It can be whatever. But doing that kind of crazy all action, fucking insane tag team match, the Briscoes are the best at it. And and people think of it as the Young Bucks style match. But the Briscoes, I think, are the best, most well-rounded, best at that style. I mean, these guys can wrestle anybody in that kind of match and have a solid, like, three, like three and a half to four-star match with anybody. Do you think it helps also because they have strong characters? Oh, for sure. You're invested in them, and like I said, because they, you believe in them as badasses, you can also see them have a be in a fight. So they don't yes. have to only do high spots. They can also do a fight with a team that can't keep up with them when it comes to high spots. Yeah, I, I find that I find the Brisk is a really, really good team. Uh, and, and that Texas Tornado style is not my favorite type of style because I, I the whole rule thing drives me nuts. But I've I've come to accept it because it's just a new style. Right. You kind of got to evolve with the with it or you're just going to be left behind. So, I, I, you know, I'm, now I'm it doesn't bother me because it's basically and, you know, they, they, a lot of times they hide, especially when luchadors do it. They hide behind the term luchador. They're doing lucha rules. Yeah, lucha they're really sex, not. Yeah. They're just doing the, the modern indie uh, tag team uh, thing. Yeah, they're just doing anything goes. Uh, yeah. I won't run down every match on the show, but the next match starts up. It's Blake Christian versus Nick Wayne. I just walk in the building. I'm in a bad mood because I missed the match that I bought the ticket to see. Right. I get settled in. 
Nick Wayne comes out and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? The first thing I have to see is Nick Wayne because I, I don't hate the kid, but I think he's getting too much buzz. Blake Christian, on the other hand, not a fan. Um, and they start the match. They do like maybe a quick trade off into like a basically like RVD, Jerry Lynn standoff. You could even say Jerry Lynn, X-Pac, who's later on on the show. Right. They do the standoff where they're both standing there, you know, fists in the air, ready to go after they they stalemate to trading. And I hear the guy standing next to me and he leans over to his friend and he goes, oh, a technical match. And I'm just like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Yeah. Mere <laughs> sequences equal technical match automatically. Yeah. If there's no, I guess if there's no doors and tables in GCW, it's a technical match, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that was, you know, I won't get into details on that match. Uh, that's followed up Depp and Blackwood. Fine match, but you know what You know what this match smacked me in the face with? Is I've been sleeping on Deppin because I know he's good and I've known he's good, but I've just, I've gotten so used to expecting how good he is and just being like whatever that I've like stopped appreciating just how good he really is. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, he made Blackwood look fucking phenomenal in this match. I mean, he's just he's there for every spot. He's got again, you talk about the character. He's got the character. You you know that, you know, he's always Tony Deppin. He knows what he's doing. He's not just out there doing running through the motions. He's also being playing the character, being Tony Deppin, doing the whole thing while also being able to do anything with anyone. I was just I was like, God damn, I forgot how good Tony Deppin really is. You know, like I that was my my takeaway there. I I yeah. I uh, one thing, yeah, Depp doesn't get enough credit because he's one of the guys who's great at working the crowd, and it's a lost art. And Depp and just uh, he's phenomenal at it. I mean, he he was honestly, I think he might have been the. I think it was, I think it was like in 2020. It was like at the or 20 early 2021. It was right when I got my first uh, COVID shot, and I went to a wrestling show and he was. It was all I was the only white guy or one of the few white people in the in the audience, which. It was a 98% Hispanic crowd, and he had that crowd just wanting to kill him, absolutely kill yeah. him. And it was just fantastic. And it was one of the best, probably the second best heel work uh, in the last two years live I've seen. And uh, it was just, I mean, one, the match was great. He was working Ricky Marvin. Uh, but, yeah, but it was just, he was so good. And that's something he also doesn't get enough credit for because he gets it, that you, if you're going to be, if you're going to be piss people off, you need to piss them off. It's, it's not all about again working for the star rating it's uh if you if you ever get a gift the match it's it's so much better when you get people just wanting to kill you and if you're the if he's the heel or whatever and he can he can also work face but he's a natural heel yeah no and he's a great heel and like i said he can keep up with all the spots he can be there in the moment he can do everything he puts together the sequences perfectly but then yeah the in-between and the cutoffs and the being a piece of shit he he never forgets about it. And that's that's the part that really makes him great. And in a company like GCW, where I question, I'm like, how long is Zack Ryder going to be able to stay heel? Because eventually the crowd's going to start to love him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they just that's how the crowd is once you work for them long enough. But Deppin, doesn't matter how long he wrestles there. He makes sure that the crowd still fucking hates his guts. Yeah, so you got to got to give him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bay- <laughs> uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Ninja Mac. It, it was what you expect. I mean, it's, you know, they they climbed up onto the balcony and, and did like Karate Kid yeah. crane kicks and a bunch of stupid, you know, hokum, but whatever. Like Mike Bailey fucking rocks. You know, this was not <laughs> his best showing. I'll say that. But uh, but uh, yeah, um, AJ Gray, ACH. This was an interesting one because Wait, who heading who? into What's the ACH and who? Uh, AJ Gray. Oh, OK. Because heading into 2020, I was saying poised breakout year, wrestler of the year, AJ Gray. Um, and before that, before he signed with WWE, I was saying ACH, best wrestler in the world. You know, this guy, fucking phenomenal, so good. Like, And uh, and seeing them going up against each other right here, right now, you can't even say ACH is at the peak of his ability coming off of you know the WWE and all the mental issues that he's had. Yeah. Um, it's night and day just to see that, like, there was such a big difference between the quality of the indies from the time that ACH was the best wrestler in the world and the time when AJ Gray was the best wrestler in the world. You know, like, I mean, a- ACH is just, he looks like a pro. He's polished. He's smooth. He's phenomenal. AJ Gray, he's good at what he does, but he does not have that same, you know, just that same polish. No, he does not he come across no. like a top level, could be on TV kind of wrestler. Um and that's not fine. Need- versatile is like what ACH can do. I mean, because I, I, ACH is a guy here in Texas I've seen quite a bit. I've probably seen him 20 to 30 times live. And I've seen him do, yeah, he has token spots. I mean, everyone does. But 
I've seen him just I've seen him work Memphis style. I've seen him work uh, uh, high flying style. I've seen him work technical. I've seen him have uh, being a, a bully uh, teacher style. I mean, he, he can do a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. And yeah, just to see, like, there was a time where it was like the Indies were so empty and there was so little talent that a guy like AJ Gray looked like he could be the best guy on the Indies. Uh, and you compare that to ACH and just how good he really was. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's night and day ACH again, versatility, the, the professional just comes across like a big time, t- you know, wrestler who should be on TV, obviously. Um, so hopefully eventually he ends up there. Dr. Wagner homicide. This is, uh, this was definitely, um, a bullshit match. And I think homicide has a rep for being a worker's worker, right? Or, or, or I think even homicide kind of gets a weird rep. Cause I think there's a lot of people who think of him as a bloody brawl yeah. kind of guy and that's it. But he's actually a pretty decent technical wrestler. He trained, you know, everyone from Loki to the fucking the hit squad and shit. Um, he's trained by Manny Fernandez himself. So he also knows kind of the old school, you know, wrestling kind of bullshit gaga. So Homicide really is more well-rounded than I think he gets credit for. Um, so he comes out here and he just plays, you know, chicken shit, bullshit heel. But he's working the crowd the whole time. Or no, babyface. Like he's just... He's playing the baby face, but he's keeping the crowd into it, getting them invested while Dr. Wagner is doing the bullshit, the gaga, getting the crowd pissed off, you know, you know, talking shit to the crowd, working everything. And Homicide's just bumping around for him, doing all the action. So, yeah, this was, again, shows off like Homicide, even at his age, he knows how to fill his role and do his thing. These guys took it fucking easy, obviously. Uh, yeah, but that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, definitely uh, interesting, interesting, you know, dichotomy. Eight man tag took a took a break for this. Did not care to watch it. Came back to see X Pac and Joey Janela versus the Major Brothers. Really just to see X Pac. Um, at this point, I was ready to go, but I've been a fan of X Pac for a real fucking long time. You know, since I was a kid, basically, um, and uh, since I was a little kid, really. And I'd never seen him live because I never went to d- WWF shows, so I never saw him in person. So I was like, fuck it. You know, I'm already here. I'm gonna stay, even though I'm ready to leave. Uh, just to to see Xbox Live, and he delivered, man. He could still go. He can still move. He jumped all around. I mean, it's one match for the first time in like seven years, but uh, it was impressive to see what he could do. The heels were great at being heels. The post match stuff was bullshit, and the crowd getting involved and all that obviously was fucking dumb. But it's been talked to death at this point. I already mentioned it, but the the same guy who I pointed out before as being a complete fucking prick was the one who started most of the trouble um, and got Joey Janela to try to kick his ass. And who knows? Maybe 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 it was a work. Maybe the guy was in on it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this it was uh it was interesting. The takeaway to me, I was like, X Pac looking pretty good. I would not mind seeing some more of X Pac if he can keep it up. But at his, at his age, who knows? That's cool. Um, yeah, so uh, the one thing I thought was funny is that post-match on that, everyone made a big deal about it because of the fans going crazy and, and Janela attacking him and all this stuff, but they followed it up the next night with a heel promo from Janela opening up the show, and Janela setting up like his bad guy character and, and a feud with the X-Pac and all this, and there was absolutely no buzz for that. No one talked about it. No one cared. So the one night where they think that Janela is like shooting and beating up a fan, everyone pays a ton of credit to or attention to it. But then the next night when they follow up on the angle, nobody fucking cares. So it just goes to show that like work is uh, (laughs) wrestling and work is a lot different, man. You can get a ton of buzz for something, but if people don't think that it's, you know, a shoot anymore, they just don't even pay attention afterwards. You think he's lost a lot of buzz, Janela? I think he has. I don't know. I mean, he tries to, he, he, like I said, he got a bunch of buzz from attacking the fan that was all over the internet. I don't know if you saw it a bunch, but it was everywhere. But then, like, nothing after that. No one cared. So, I don't know. I guess so. But he also, yeah, I, I mean, so. he's the reason. I mean, yeah. he seemed hot a couple years ago. And now, I'm curious. I mean, I'm going to the Janela, one of the Janela spring breaks. But I'd rather not. I'd rather have gone to a different show. But the only reason is I'm, a bunch of my friends are going to that show. And so, I'm like, okay, I'll go with you guys. Um, as opposed to going solo to somewhere else by myself. But I was just like... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm still, I mean, I, I remember when he got butt hurt when people were walking out a couple years ago or three years ago or so in New Orleans when he was wrestling Sasuke, uh, Great Sasuke or Great Sasuke, however you want to pronounce it, yeah. um, at like 3.30 in the morning or whatever. And it's like, you, you guys are fucking up spots and trying to break a table. And I was one of those people leaving and he was getting hurt. And it's like, well, you know, keep do something interesting or you didn't, you didn't have to work 40 whatever minutes it was <laughs> with yeah. the guy either, you know. Uh, sometimes short is sweet. 
Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's the thing is he runs hot. I think, like, he just, he really does personally. And I think that that's part of why he got a lot of attention is because he puts a lot of himself out there and people really were invested in it. But it also, it's a double-edged sword. And when people aren't with you and you're lashing out at everyone, I think that it's really easy for people to turn on you. So, yeah, yeah and, definitely. And, and he was, hasn't been positioned really great at an AEW. So his star kind of, you know, he kind of became like, you know, the small fish type of thing in a, in a, in a big pond at the, in the AEW. I, I, I give him credit because he's got his body in, in probably the best shape it's been in years. Um, so he's working hard. But yeah, he just seems like he's just lost a lot of buzz. People don't. I think he realized they used to maybe think maybe he could have been a guy, and I think people now are not behind him in that sense of a guy going up the ladder. I think they finally realize he's he's climbed the ladder as high as he's gonna get. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely probably very true. But uh, Pete, is there any uh, live wrestling live notes? Anything uh, recently you wanted to give some shout outs to? I know that, you know, that was always one of your favorite things to do. Yeah, live wrestling is. Uh, you know, I don't watch as much wrestling on TV as I used to. I mean, I mean, it's probably hard to because I watch an insane amount of wrestling uh, on te- television, on DVDs, on streaming or whatever. <laughs> VH tapes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, so I'm not watching nearly as much now, but I still try to go to live events. And I, I was just I was at a. Uh, speaking of like a brawl, I was at a, a, a lucha show up in Dallas or Fort Worth. Uh, maybe it was like a, it was actually last. Maybe it was last Sunday. Yeah, it was last Saturday. And uh, then there's one drunk fan. Just, you can see him just housing beers, and I'm watching this thing. And he he's going after the rest. First, he starts going after the uh, the midgets, and um, and I don't know Spanish, oh, no. but I can definitely tell he's talking shit out there uh uh their fucking penis size um stuff. And, oh, and the midget's going back at him and then the next match is up and he's getting a little more rowdier and rowdier and at one point he takes his shirt off and uh so the wrestlers one of the wrestlers uh, is uh flamita uh challenges him while the other two guys behind him uh are, are doing a spot and they picked up the guys behind him while the while the, uh, while Flamita and the drunk fan are like nose to nose at this point, um, they the guys are fighting behind him and they pick him up into like like a press slam spot, but they toss the one wrestler at the other at the fan, and the fan takes his huge ass bump into the chairs. Oh jeez! And they go back in, and now the fan's fucking humiliated. He's drunk, and he charges the fucking ring. Jesus Christ! Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, uh I'm I was just like unfucking believable. This show, it was one of the worst shows uh, they've put on. I, I go to these guys a lot and they really I, I'm a I really enjoy their shows because there's a variety, but this one the uh, ones that just didn't didn't draw didn't do real well. They had some guys, uh, they had Swan and Chris Bay from Impact. And it's one thing these guys whenever they, they push their go after the luchadors. They'll draw a five hundo or so in there between three, and I've seen as many as like eight hundred people in this building. Um, and here there might have been two hundred or something, one hundred and fifty people. And that's the one thing is when they don't go after uh, luchador stars uh, to put on top of the shows, they don't draw as well. And that's what they're all in for. Uh, and so this one, it wasn't, it just didn't click for me. And on top of it, they didn't draw well, so that might have had something to do with it. But usually, man, they put on fantastic shows. I mean. Um, yeah, that was one of the shows I saw Depp in having, uh, where I thought he had one of the uh, second best heel performances. But my favorite one was actually Pentagon Black, who he must be 60 or something, was the best heel live heel performer I've seen in two <laughs> years, three years, which I find absolutely insane. And he always doing was doing Gaga and microphone spots, uh, uh, running away, but he was just good at it and then getting heat uh, from the crowd and the crowd was all on him. This is a couple years ago. Of course, he's working. Theo Santo, who's probably was by, by far the best baby face I've seen live. Uh, you know, it's funny. You see, people, you know, they, he was great. Jaden Newman uh, uh, over at SCI weekend last year. I don't know if he was a great baby face. But he sure in hell got a great babyface reaction in that freaking building. I'll tell you that much. It was insane. I know you watched that uh, on on IWTV, yeah, yeah. right? 
was his, his like his wasn't his like it wasn't insane the uh, the amount of what the fans were cheering for that guy. Yeah, I mean, even the the production was not great on SCI. The crowd miking and stuff yeah. is difficult to hear what's going on and and sometimes even see what's going on. But yeah, yeah I mean, Jaden was consistently the crowd was insane for him the entire time. So much so that I even asked, you know, and I kind of get the you get the response. Well, it's his building, and it's like yeah, yeah it's like his building, yeah. People people say that, but it I mean. It mean it's true in a lot of different ways. I'll say yeah. it's not just you know his building in the in the most dismissive way you can say it. The crowd fucking live and die with the guy. Yeah, so you know yeah yeah it's he's nuts, a huge you know. baby face there. Yeah yeah uh, um, and stuff. So yeah I mean he his, he was one of the best baby faces I saw reaction wise uh, in the last couple years. So that, that's one thing you really get you get to see when you're alive up close and personal. You get to see who really gets over in certain buildings and yeah it is his building but. I mean, he's worked hard enough to where he's like the guy in that building, and so they treat him like, uh, like you know, like family. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of them are family, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, but it deserves it and stuff. But yeah, any anytime people can get out to see some live wrestling, I, I just recommend it because it's just a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I mean, yeah. me, I've because I've been going to all these lucha shows, I've started like a, a lucha mass collection. Now I have three, six, nine, eleven of them. It's not a ton, oh, but it's still still pretty cool um you know and 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 then it's just something just neat to have around the house it's different it's a good people all who don't know i'm a wrestling fan will come over and like what the hell is this so, you know it's just it's kind of yeah. a conversation starter uh topic um but yeah and uh, but i'm looking forward now with covid you know so it's, it's going to be with us forever i don't know about forever but it's going to be with us for the time being and we just gotta i'm just i'm just glad that we're gonna get to see things open up and stuff i'm excited i'm going to a mania next uh next next month or the end of this month uh i'm not going to mania because i'm sure i can't stand the wwe product so uh right. i'm not going to spend my money on that but you know i think i'm going in getting in there uh uh, uh thursday i'm gonna hit hit, hit up blood sport with my buddy marty um i don't i i see ninja max name on blood sport i'm like how <laughs> i can't imagine him working uh a blood sport and I, I don't hate Ninja Mac. I, I've seen him. I've seen him uh, on a couple of Lucha shows. And I, when they rein him in, and uh, he's good. I think he's a guy who, yeah, he. he I think if you let him up to his own devices, then he's he's dangerous. But if you have people who can rein him in, then you can have some pretty fun matches with the guy. But I just don't see how he can work at Bloodsport style. Um, I mean, have you seen anything that would 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 uh, no nothing right? Uh, I've never no. seen him like work the mat hard or anything super physical. I mean, I mean, he's done like high spot guy. I mean, I, 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 uh, I just don't see it. His, I, you know, he's his, a nice guy. Body, I met him. Yeah, his uh, his body control, his body movements could could speak to like a capoeira style thing, right? Um, yeah. But I don't know how interested I am in that, and you know that's obviously like a strike-based martial art. Which there have been interesting like shoot-style matches with with strike-based martial arts wrestlers in the past, but I don't know if <laughs> Ninja Mac is the guy I want to see. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, and he's going up against Yoya, who I don't know if you know too much about Yoya, but yeah. uh, he he's pretty good in the in the shoot in the in Bloodsport style. He's had two matches in Bloodsport, one of which I saw um, in person against Starboy Charlie. Um, and he's he's actually done amateur MMA fights, um, and he's pretty legit. But he's also very young, and I don't know if he's the guy to lead Ninja Mac to a great match. But like you said, reining him in, I think you could have someone like Josh Barnett there to help put the matches together and keep them a little bit more, you know, subdued and say don't do a bunch of stupid bullshit, right? So so yeah, maybe he's argue with Josh Barnett backstage on yeah, a spot, exactly. You know? um, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, him and like I remember John Morrison was the other name that popped off to me that I thought, oh god, uh, that's different. Uh, but I, but I, I believe Morrison can adapt to it as opposed to uh, Ninja Mac. I, I I was just floored when I saw his name announced. Uh, well, I mean, John Hennigan was a uh, high level college amateur wrestler, so he's got some background when it comes to grappling. He's obviously hasn't shown a ton of it in wrestling yeah. in a very long time, but at least you know he's got that background. Um, and you know what? Like even with those two on there, you got uh, Biff versus uh, Moxley on the card, so at least that'll yeah. be worth it. And I think Thatcher's returning, so that's a that's yeah. a plus. And Barnett's gonna be oh, working yeah. it, you know. So I mean, yeah, I'm excited about that show. And then I'm hitting up uh, the AAA show uh, right after it. 
Um, and then um, then we're going to do uh, Janelle's show, the spring break show that night. And then what's that? And now Friday, I'm going to just WrestleCon to get some autographs. And I guess if you buy a session, you get into the show free that's running. And so oh. I guess it's the Zicky Dice show. Um, and I, which is nothing's been announced. I don't plan on going to it unless there's something that makes it happen. I just don't see it happening. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably gonna skip that one. Um, and then I'm going, uh, we're doing dinner. So, um, the other show we're going to is, uh, the Martinez entertainment show up in Fort Worth. And that has, um, I'm just gonna have Santo on it and Ultimo Dragons there, uh, Psycho Clown, Arez. Uh, I mean, it's loaded. I mean, absolutely yeah, loaded yeah. with luchadors. It's just disgusting. It's almost like I'm looking like, what are they gonna be doing? And I'm curious on how they're gonna do it because I know they're sharing talent with a bunch of the guys working the GCW luchador show that Gringo Loco's uh, name is attached to, and they're, they're using both talents, but. Uh, the Martinez show starts at 8.30. The uh, 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 the other, uh, the Gringo Loco one, I think, starts at 7 or 7.30. So there's like an hour, hour and a half uh, swing so they can do it. Uh, but I just, I, I just, it's just going to be, it, it's one thing, I, one thing these shows always during Mania when you're sharing talent, it, they, it's hard to give them a fair evaluation sometimes on why do you put this match here? Why do you put that there? Well, it's because they're sharing talent and uh, yeah. they had to go on first and this one, so they work in the main event at the other show or what have you. And we've seen that. And then uh, Saturday, um, I'm thinking of hitting up uh, the uh, USA versus the world show, but nothing's been announced yet. Uh, so I, I'm holding out <laughs> hope. I'm waiting. I'm not going to buy something with nothing announced or not no talent announced, uh, which I don't understand how some of these, these guys don't have even talent announced for the freaking shows. Um, uh, I know it's going to go see the Lone Star shootout with the uh, uh, New Japan uh, guys, uh, but I end up not because I'm going to go do dinner with my friends instead, and then uh, I'll be heading. And then I'm doing another Lucha show on Saturday night, uh, which is going going up against Mania because I'm not going to Mania. I'm not doing NXT. Some of my bunch of my friends are doing NXT. I you know I haven't watched that and. Years, so uh, I know I've not even seen a Braun Breaker match, so I don't foresee myself. I'm not going to pay money uh, to go see him. So, uh, but it's interesting there that on the main on the on top they have ACH working Laredo Kids, which should be fun. Uh, yeah, going to be working the Luchador crowd that show, uh, which I I'm super stoked to see that because I know he'll get plenty of heat. Uh, uh, and stuff, because uh, you know he knows how he'll piss those crowd and piss those things off. Uh, and that's what I'm kind of curious on going and seeing these couple of luchador shows, lucha shows, because I'm curious on how they're gonna they're gonna draw the casual fan. Or are they gonna just get their same uh, fan base that they normally draw from? Because uh, a lot of people when they hear the term lucha kind of get turned off by it. Um, well, uh, to me, they put on and they 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 have a wild variety of stuff. Uh, You'll see some mat wrestling, you'll see some brawling, you'll see some high flying. It gives you a little bit of everything uh, that you that you'd like, uh, that I like anyway. And I, I honestly, I think these these indie shows, Mania Week, they're giving a lot more variety than we've seen in the past uh, uh, with the lucha uh, feel. Uh, with these lucha shows, it gives you uh, it gives you a little taste of Texas. Then a bunch of the Texas indies are running. Um, and, you know, nothing special for me because I can see them anytime because I live in Texas. Uh, so, but I feel bad for them, but I understand them wanting to run Mania Week. I just don't think they're going to draw particularly well um, because it's like when you have all yeah. these other things you got to choose from and time and all this, I just can't imagine them drawing uh, uh, too much, doing drawing all that well, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It, it's interesting with AEW, and maybe this can transition into some AEW talk, uh, with AEW having so many guys who were really fucking over in Texas now under contract when you've got like Ricky Stark, Sammy Guevara, Keith Lee, a lot of big you know names for Texas that they're not doing anything for WrestleMania weekend in Texas. Yeah. Even even Penta and Phoenix. I mean, they, they yeah. work Texas a lot. And uh, yeah, I was gonna say also they know. have a ton of luchadors uh, and, yeah. and Thunder Rosa, uh, yeah. Thunder Rosa. Texas. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. 
They've got a bunch of luchadors who are over in in Texas as well, plus just regular stars who are over everywhere. But uh, yeah. it's odd that they're not doing anything. Or maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe they'll end up doing something. Maybe they'll run an ROH show <laughs> on WrestleMania <laughs> weekend. You know, that would be. And they just have all the Texas and, and luchadors on the show. But yeah, it's 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 weird because it's a big year for Texas, and they have a ton of Texas talents signed and people who are over in Texas signed who are just going to do nothing for the whole weekend. It's it's a uh, it's kind of a bummer. Oh, yeah, Lance I can, Archer I can also, right? AEW not running because I, you don't kind of don't want to seem like second fiddle to the WWE running on their biggest show of the year in their town, you know. So I can understand that. Uh, but I, I, but I still, because I mean, these guys can work indies. We, we've seen it. I'm surprised we haven't seen some of these Texas guys taking some indie bookings. Yeah, you would expect that you'd want those guys. Uh, you'd want all of them showing up in Texas for some big, uh, big shows over that weekend. But uh, unfortunately, nothing. Um, like I said, I was going to talk about some AEW stuff. I don't know how much you want to talk about AEW, everything that's been going on in the pay-per-view coming up here. Uh, probably by the time people are listening to this, it's already happened. Um or if did you happen to see the recent action show or any, hear anything about the SCI Rumble that just happened? I watched the tail end of it. I was okay. having I was having uh, drinks with a gal I knew, and then I got done with her, uh, and by her I mean drinks. And um, yes. I, uh, I headed back and I tried to put it on my Roku, and it kept on kicking me off the Roku. Uh, oh no. So I got onto my computer and watched the final maybe 15 minutes or so of the Rumble, which is the Rumble. which I can tell. But from what I saw, I thought Dylan Hales was incredible on commentary, um, and uh, and it was a moment for Billy Starks. They told a story, and I'm, I'm Dylan hit on it really hard. And uh, but I, again, I can't get a big big feel about it. But what about you? Sure. Sure, I uh, I did not watch the whole thing, but kind of the same thing that you're saying there. I didn't watch the rest of the show, but the Billy Starks things. You know what crossed my mind, and this may have been with you on on a podcast in the past, but I remember talking about. Um, I think it was when Alley Cat was really over in um in Sup that I said Alley Cat should be put into the SCI, be the first woman in the yeah. SCI, and then now here we are years later in Billy Starks, and it kind of works. It works similarly and maybe a little bit better. Um, but yeah, having Billy Starks win the Rumble and and be the first woman, the first female wrestler in the SCI, um, is pretty uh, pretty interesting. And like I said, I think the story probably works better with her because yes. she did start out in Futures. She has worked her way to this spot and uh, really deserves it. So yeah, pretty pretty cool story that they're doing there. Um, yeah, and I, I everyone thought like last year she was going to be winning the Futures, and it was like almost like. Well, it was so obvious that we couldn't do it, and uh, and so uh, I don't think people going in, didn't, I don't think people thought she was going to win this thing. So, and then no. boom, they win it. So I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, you thought you said Alley Cat. I was watching. I'm like, man, Billy Starks is looking a lot like Alley Cat um, <laughs> with her hair and stuff, and uh, 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 and they're 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 uh, Billy Starks is a gal who, um, who she's, I mean, she's, she's grown and really become a pretty solid worker and stuff, you know? Yeah. And the crowd I think loved that, her. I think that it was pretty easy to start to kind of joke about her the past couple of years because it kind of started getting hit over the head and you feel like everyone's constantly giving her a bunch of praise that yeah. she does or doesn't deserve. You see the Billy Starks brand knee pad on every wrestler, be it even on AEW TV, you see wrestlers yeah. wearing it to every indie show from, you know, one end of the country to the other. So it does turn into almost like a meme. And then it's pretty easy to, to start to just joke on her because, you know, getting too much of a push. But yeah, I think that over the past couple months, as everything has died down, um, there's been less of just the overbearing constant, you know, praise and just slowly, but surely she actually is becoming a lot better of of a worker overall. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it was pretty easy to be like, God, that everyone just talks about her because it's like, oh, look at me. I'm saying nice things. You know, I hate to you know talk about people like right. that. But you know, the people are just like, oh, you know, I know her family and I've seen her and she's such she's just a kid. And I just should, yeah. I should just be nice. And you just kind of like, oh, God, whatever. But now that she is starting to fill out, she's actually starting to to look like a wrestler, move and act like a wrestler. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where we where we end up with her. Yeah, she doesn't look like a kid anymore, and 
and I'm not talking, uh, I'm just facially, um, she's yeah. looking more like, you know, turning into a, a young woman. Um, and yeah, I mean, by, again, I don't, I don't think she's an incredible worker by any stretch. Don't, uh, but from where I first saw her, uh, I, I was like, I saw, I didn't really see much except I thought it, she, she had a perky personality, you know, peppy personality, um, to what she's able to do now. Uh, it was just night and day and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you see or hear anything about uh, the Kevin Koo winning the action championship from Eric Royal? I'm gonna. Assume I didn't no. see it. Um, I, I but I, I could. I can definitely see Koo being a a, a guy uh, winning that title. I mean, he'd be a guy I could. If I was gonna pick anybody on the roster, I could see Koo being one of those guys. Um, so yeah, after the year he had last year and just how good he looked as a singles wrestler, I think having him be the double champion in action with the tag titles and the singles title and get to continue to prove that and not not basically just go back to only doing violence for is forever, I think is a good thing. So I, I'm yeah, definitely excited. I totally, to play yeah, I totally agree because yeah, he's he's a guy who's at first I thought he was solid mediocre guy and now he's he's turned into a good worker and a guy who you can trust on top too. Uh, where he makes his dates, he's a good performer, uh, you know, sells some merch, so, uh, and a guy who could help sell a couple tickets, too. Yeah. All right, well, I guess, Pete, how uh, how up are you on the AEW stuff? Let's say, what? let's just say, just the pay-per-view, what's, what are you the most excited about? What do you think of the builds and stuff like that? Just real quick, because I haven't I heard it from you. Everyone's job. heard me talk about um, it constantly. Yeah, I think they've done a good job. I'm, of course, the most excited looking forward to is Punk versus uh, MJF. Uh, there it is. I, you know, I, I I I can't see how Adam. Like I listen to Meltzer, I kind of agree. I probably and I'm a guy who believes in putting the world title on last. Um, but uh, with this build and Punk, uh, he's their biggest star on on the roster. Uh, it's I mean it's Punk and Danielson are, are one and one A. And then you have, I mean, Paige has kind of been swallowed up. Um, I'm surprised they're going with Cole uh, as the main event too, because they, <clears throat> I think his, I think his run eventually is is, is going to be a big time babyface for that company. So I just don't, I don't know about putting. Just I just don't see them going last. I, I hate to be Tony Khan having to try to put on where to put everybody on in this card because it's loaded on a variety. Yeah. On. On stuff. I mean, there's so much to get behind. I mean, you have like Punk and and, and I mean, Punk's been had has had really good matches. I thought that match MGF had with Darby on the last big pay per view. Uh, I thought that was fantastic too. Um, there was a couple of little spots I would I hated, but overall I thought that was a really really good match and a match that kind of made MJF like okay now we can actually put him. Uh, in, up top because uh, he's proved that he can he can get it done in the ring now and maybe it's Darby uh, but we'll see but I expect him to have, I expect them these guys to tear it down but like we were talking on Twitter it better not go too long uh, or yeah. it could just hurt it because I think this just needs to be violent give me 12 to maybe 15 minutes bell time and I'll be a happy guy um, and stuff I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna get a lot of blood in this match. Uh, so yeah, so I think it's something that could, that people could be talking about for years, but we'll see. Yeah, and me and me and Quentin talked it over a little bit on the last episode, but I think me and him are both a little bit uh, we're we're a little bit bullish on the Adams the Adam Page Adam Cole match. Um, I think two guys who have something to prove. Um, so I could definitely see, but it it is a tough thing to follow, and you have an easy a very easy booking out with AEW's history of doing unsanctioned lights out match kind of deals. So it would have been pretty easy to put that match last at the dog collar and say that it's unsanctioned and too violent yep. and all that. And I just think it's it's odd that they didn't go down that route. Um, I I did see I and I, I tweeted this out to someone. I saw someone asking, you know, what are other good historical dog collar matches? And it's funny because. You know, you see, I also saw people being like, oh, yeah, I, I went back and watched the dog collar match. You know, the the original dog collar match. I heard I saw someone say like uh, Valentine and um, and Roddy. And it's just the dog collar match is a, a long historic wrestling stipulation that was very common in pro wrestling. And I've talked about it enough with AEW, I think. But like pro wrestling is back. And I just think it's really interesting to see a lot of new wrestling fans getting exposed to old wrestling more and more by AEW and uh 
And someone said, you know, what are good dog collar matches to watch, right? I I I shot out there um, Butch Reed versus Buzz Sawyer, right? I thought yep. just kick ass dog collar match. I think there's also a good Buzz Sawyer versus Duggan dog collar match, but I, yep. you know, I was just picking one. Um, but what do you think? What's a what's a good dog collar match for people to check out? Those two you named, those are the, those two to me are the cream of the crops, along with the Piper uh, Valentine. I think those are the three, just yeah. just the ones that you always think about uh, as as just being super super epic. Yeah, those are the ones I okay. first things that come to my head were those three matches. Perfect. All right. Well, then I I, I appreciate that because I was able to uh, to to pull those out. My, uh, my memory is not always the best for this stuff. But uh, either way, Pete, anything else you want to hit on before we head out, or, or we'll uh, get out of here, leaving it you know nice and sweet, nice quick no, and yeah, easy. No, one. I'm, I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, thank you for being on, and uh, yeah, everyone, uh, check us out. I guess follow Pete uh, at is it still Titans of Wrestling um, yeah, on Twitter? So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh. Not that active. <laughs> it doesn't care that much. Not that active. Me neither. I don't even like giving out my Twitter anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks, Pete, and thanks everyone for listening. Let's just-